0: Welcome to Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. We teach the common wisdom of love and unity that is found in all mainstream religions, metaphysical teachings, mysticism, and inspired secular and religious writers and teachers throughout the ages. Our goal is to help you connect with your higher divine self and transform from the inside out, so you can become a force for love and transformation in the world. Each week, we bring you wisdom from our founding spiritual director, Reverend Candace Shalhoub, and other guest speakers. We hope you enjoy this week's Words of Wisdom.
1: It was 1969 when musical theologian and founding member of the rock band Chicago named Robert Lamb, he asked this profound question. Does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? I mean, you can see it, right? But according to our world in data, here in the US we spend an average of 251 minutes a day in paid work or educational settings, 8 hours and 48 minutes sleeping, <laughs> 176 minutes shopping or doing housework, 63 minutes eating and drinking, there's your lunch hour, 148 minutes, right your your lunch half hour, right? 148 minutes watching television and 100 minutes on other leisurely activities. According to the data, our well-being is directly tied to how we spend our time. Spending time working, doing laundry and other domestic chores rates really low on the happiness scale, which I don't understand. I love laundry. But it's it's creating order out of chaos. I know. It's I don't understand. Okay. Cat loves it. Right, the cat's love it. Yes, absolutely. You do laundry for your cats because you got all the hair off and now they got to get all the hair right back on, right? So uh, uh, relaxing, listening to music, spending time with friends or hobbies, those are the things that make us happy. Mm. The thing according to the data that ranked the most pleasurable way for us to spend our time, the most pleasurable way to spend our time. Any guesses? Smoking pot. get these little windows into Bob whenever he, whenever in he nature, answers these questions. Uh, 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 Kayaking. Kayaking in nature. Anybody else? The most pleasurable. Friends and family. Friends and fa- that's close. Yeah, we, Netflix and chill, yeah. <laughs> Coffee, coffee's pretty good. <laughs> Rock concert. You got it. It's when we're at concerts or are seeing theater productions. That ranked the highest for happiness. Well, you'd be smoking pot. Well, you'd be smoking pot. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Either way, you can still smoke pot. <laughs> Either way, you're still smoking pot. <laughs> but whether we are in dull or enjoyable times, we all get the same 24 hours a day, right? So the question is, are you spending them wisely? What if spending clock time was not as important as, say, spending spiritual time? What if we could find a way to use time that freed us from everything that felt mundane and instead we discovered a way to make time work for us in ways that bring us not just more happiness in our world, but spiritual awakening as well? Ah, it's available But the ego (laughs) doesn't really care if you find it or not. So it keeps you thinking about your past, or dreaming, or worrying about the future. What if though, time is about what's happening in this moment, and what if every moment offers you the opportunity to say, oh yeah. From A Course in Miracles, chapter 15, the Holy Spirit teaches thus, there is no hell. Hell is what the ego has made of the present. The belief in hell is what prevents you from understanding the present because you are afraid of it. The Holy Spirit leads us steadily to heaven as the ego drives to hell. For the Holy Spirit, who knows only the present, uses it to undo the fear by which the ego would make the present useless. There is no escape from fear in the ego's use of time. For time, according to its teaching, is nothing but a teaching device for compounding guilt until it becomes all-encompassing, demanding vengeance forever. The Holy Spirit would undo all of this now. Fear is not of the present, but only of the past and future, which do not exist. There is no fear in the present when each instant stands clear and separated from the past without its shadow reaching out onto the future. Each instant is a clean, untarnished birth in which the Son of God emerges from the past into the present. And the present extends forever forever. It is so beautiful and so clean and free of guilt that nothing but happiness is there. No darkness is remembered and immortality and joy are now. From physicist Albert Einstein, time is basically an illusion created by the mind to aid in our sense of temporal presence in the vast ocean of space. Without the neurons to create a virtual perception of the past and the future based on all our experiences, there is no actual existence of the past and the future. All that there is is the present. Time is basically an illusion. When I say words like that though I feel people roll their eyes or hear them laugh outright because certainly they think I must be quoting some woo-woo metaphysical text or (laughs) when I make a statement like that. But it's actually the beginning of that quote from theoretical physicist Albert Einstein. Time, he says, is basically an illusion created by the mind To aid in our sense of temporal presence in this vast ocean of space. Without the neurons to create a virtual perception of the past and the future based on all of our experiences, there's no actual existence of the past and the future. All there is, he says, is the present. We're all living on Star Trek's holodeck. It's true.
0: It's true.
1: Science has been backing up this metaphysical woo-woo, especially about time and space for a long time. Einstein's theory of relativity, it tries to explain how we experience time and space and how time bends and curves and stretches. Gravitational fields have a lot to do with how we experience time. The further away you get from gravity, the more time slows down, and in outer space, the powerful gravitational pull of black holes slows time down dramatically, according to the scientists. And when you cross the event horizon of a black hole, space and time flip. You lose all sense of any space and time. The mystics can do it right here. Amazing. Back here on Earth, though, we talk about losing a sense of time when like, we're wrapped up in like, creative pursuits. When we achieve those flow states, time seems to move differently depending on what we're doing. If you're bored, time just creeps by. Got too much to do, time speeds up. If we're really enjoying ourselves, time disappears completely and we look up and two, four, six hours a whole day has passed by. Time for we humans on a schedule can also feel oppressive. We feel like we never have enough of it. I've been feeling that way lately. The demands of my weekly full-time job have increased and it feels like I don't have enough time to do all the other important things, like write a sermon or (laughs) the administrative duties for Jubilee or other things that might bring me joy, I don't know, it can be frustrating. We also waste time of course, that's exactly why social media was invented. (laughs) So you would doom scroll for hours on end. The truth about clock time, though, is this. Whatever time we spend, we don't get it back. Have you ever watched a movie? Usually I'll watch a movie and go, well, there's two hours I won't get back. (laughs) Well, as finite beings, we only got a certain amount of time to use. And if we don't use it wisely, there is no do-over. You can't get a refund. There's no mulligan. There's no mulligan. And this jubilance is why we need to bring our misuse of our time out of the shadows, bring it into the light of the right use of time in our minds. The ego, as you see, it has a very specific way it likes to use time. It uses time to create hell. Because it reminds us that we don't have a lot of it, and it reminds us that we waste a very big portion of it, and it assures us that this is how it will always be. We look at the world of time and we despair. We see a world of fear because we're afraid we're gonna squander this lifetime. And the ego is out to make sure we do by convincing us to spend our time here competing with those around us for the best jobs, the best houses, the best material possessions, the best seats of power or fame or wealth. It keeps us on that treadmill of seek but do not find as we pursue whatever the world says is gonna make the best use of your time, you know, become healthy and wealthy and wise. The ego uses the world's pursuit of happiness to keep you stuck in two areas of time that the ego is, says is of utmost importance, and that is the past and the future. And we cling to the past. Ooh, we ruminate about our good times, we talk about our glory days, and then we cling to the grievances that we hold about the bad times. Is it any wonder that going forward, we create the same old thing? This is how the ego keeps us locked in fear. According to our reading this morning from A Course in Miracles, it prevents us from ever actually experiencing the place where happiness and joy reside right now. Fear is not of the present, A Course says, but only of the past and future which do not exist. There is no fear in the present when each instant stands clear and separated from the past. Without its shadow reaching out into the future, each instant is a clean, untarnished birth in which the children of God emerge from the past into the present. And the present extends forever. It's so beautiful and so clean and free of guilt that nothing but happiness is here. No darkness is remembered and immortality and joy are now. All that there is, Einstein says, is the present. Why is there no fear in the present? Well, unless somebody's holding a gun on you in the present. (laughs) Everything you experienced in the past is not happening right now. It can only find a place in the present moment if you bring it with you and start to ruminate about it right this minute. Similarly, the future is not here yet. So whatever it is you fear or worry about in the future or even wait expectantly for, it hasn't even happened yet. But you can make that real in this moment by perseverating on whatever it is you think you don't want to happen or you're so distracted by something that you know is going to be exciting, you're not here. If you're bringing your past baggage into the moment or worrying about something that hasn't happened yet, guess where you are? You're in hell. (laughs) You're in hell. The good news is, though, it is a hell of your own making, which means you can undo it. You can bring heaven to this moment, and only this moment, by releasing the fear you experienced in the past and the fear you experience or think you're going to experience in the future. Breathe deeply. So what, then, is the right use of time? Well, to answer that, let's talk about the movie Groundhog Day. <laughs> coming up on Groundhog Day, and then this 1993 film, it starred Bill Murray as a jaded TV weatherman who was sent to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania to cover the annual Groundhog Day event where a huge rodent predicts how many more weeks of winter will be coming depending on whether or not he sees his shadow. So Murray's character is very cynical. He doesn't. He's like most people I know in the TV business. He's got nothing but anger and contempt for this assignment, and he loathes the hicks of this town who hosts the event. So he hopes to just file his report and get the heck out of town before the end of the day, but a blizzard hits. And so he and his crew are stranded for the night. Thus begins what he considers a hell loop of living the same day over and over again. He is awakened each morning to the strains of Sonny and Cher's. I got you, babe. I mean that's hell enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, <I like> this. <laughs> someone, someone protests. Yes, but he soon discovers that nothing he does will release him from these deja vu days. Once he realizes, once he realizes this, that he's going to wake up the, at the same day, no matter what he does. He amuses himself with miscreating. He commits a robbery. He binge eats, he indulges in one-night stands, he flirts with his producer, Rita, who's played by Andy McDowell, and he begins to use this growing knowledge of the town and its people to manipulate them to his advantage. Despairing that he would ever escape this hell, he tries to commit suicide several times, and one night, he even, he even kidnaps Punxsutawney Phil, and they both drive over a cliff. I got you, babe. Oh, he's back in bed. This is an example of how the ego drives us in our own hell loop of a lifetime that we're creating. Phil realizes that no matter what he does in time, even death can't release him from it. So he tries everything he can to think about how to derive bodily pleasures or work things to his advantage and even mischief. But he creates more and more hell for himself. This jubilance is how we live. Finally one day, he tells Rita, his producer, about his experiences and she believes him and she encourages him to see the repeating day as a blessing instead of a curse. And this is the moment when Phil realizes he may really just be in love with Rita. And so he makes the next iteration of the day different. He commits to using his time wisely by helping everyone because he knows what's gonna happen, so he helps someone prevent, you know, he prevents accidents, and he knows what's gonna happen. And s- during the next uh, days, he learns how to uh, play the piano, he learns how to ice sculpt, he learns how to speak French, and then he uses all of these skills to help everybody around him to improve their lives. Finally, he tells Rita, Look, if this is what's going to be forever, if this hell loop never ends, he wants her to know he's happy because he loves her. And they spend the night together. And when Phil awakens again, it's, I got you, babe. But this is different. Rita is still in bed next to him. He's been released. Heaven instead of hell. This is how we release ourselves from the ego's hellish time loop. We dedicate whatever time we have here to being miracle workers. Just like Phil. We're already miracle workers because we're still at home in the mind of God, but to bring those miracles into this world requires what a course calls purification. Don't be afraid of this word. (laughs) It's a word that gets a bad rap. But Phil's journey we can, take, we can take him as an example. It is one of purification. First, he used his time loop to experience all of the ego's pursuit of selfish things. Getting his bodily desires met, using and abusing others just for the fun of it. But when he got tired of that, he realized a life like that wasn't really worth living. So he tried to kill himself. When that didn't work, he took Rita's words to heart. And he started to see his time as a blessing to be used to be a blessing. He began to purify his mind by focusing on what skills he could develop to become a more loving force in the world. And that's all it means. It means getting rid of grievance, getting rid of anger and hatred and judgment. And this is finally what made him happy even if he remained stuck forever in that one repeating day, he knew if he dedicated all those moments to being the love that the world needs, he'd be happy doing that day over and over and over again. In the terms of A Course in Miracles, he created a happy dream. And that is the last step for any of us before we awaken. Jumelance, how are you using your time? Are you stuck in your own ego's hell loop? Are you repeating the patterns of your past over and over again? Are you constantly worried about what's going to happen in the future? Scared that it will be just the same as the past with all its pain and grievances and despair? A course reminds us the Holy Spirit teaches thus, there is no hell. Hell is only what the ego has made of the present. The belief in hell is what prevents you from understanding the present because you're afraid of it. Why? Why are we afraid of this present moment? (laughs) Because you think it's going to demand that you give up your identity, that construction that you've made of yourself based on what's happened in your past and what we hope or fear about the future. But here's a question from a course that you might want to ask yourself. Do you like what you've made? Breathe deeply. If the life that you have made for yourself up until this present moment is not making you happy, be like Phil. Use this moment now to begin to purify your thoughts, to leave the past behind. Come into this present moment fully which, as a Course says, stands clear and separate from the past, without its shadow reaching out into the future. Each instant, right now, is a clean, untarnished birth in which the child of God emerges from the past into the present. This present moment, it's always being reborn. And we refuse to celebrate whenever we're dragging the past into it. Nothing from your past is happening right now. This moment calls us to rejoice in that fact and it offers us to use our time, offers ways for us to use our time wisely, to use it to grow in love instead of fear and how do we do that? Well we become more mindful of how we are spending our time. This year as I've said in my uh, January 1st uh, sermon, TED talk, whatever, (laughs) I'm making it my priority this year to go within, to seek to live from that spiritual world first, putting the spirit's needs ahead of whatever the bodily world demands. And I've done that by starting every morning, I read a course, I meditate, and when a moment arises when I find myself not working or meditating, instead of doom scrolling, I'm looking for more constructive things to do. To breathe deeply, to take another few moments in meditation, take a walk, Reach out to somebody I haven't spoken to in a while. Do something constructive, loving. What can you do when your hell loop keeps repeating? What are the steps you can take to purify your mind, to invite more love into your world, to dispel the fear? Last year I developed a little six step method that I gave a couple of workshops on called Awaken to help us pinpoint where we are on our spiritual path, and how to use our time wisely. I'm going to outline it here for you again, and I'm going to use Phil in Groundhog Day as an example. After he tries all of the egoic ways of living that puts him in a hell, so thorough that he wants to die, he allows himself, that's the first day, he allows himself to hear Rita's invitation, to see the repeating day as a blessing, and now he's given himself permission to use his time wisely. That's what allowing does. Give yourself permission. Doing good deeds for just one cycle of his repeating day doesn't awaken him, so he moves on to the next step, which is willingness. He's willing to keep trying, to keep trying to purify his intentions, to step out of the hell he's made. Next, he becomes aware, the second A, of how he can do this. Instead of manipulating people or pursuing his own pleasure, he puts their needs first. He saves them from peril. He learns skills that he can share and make loving connections with others. Then he enters a time of knowledge. That's the K. Perfecting those skills of connection until finally he embodies them so thoroughly that when he uses them, He's making those loving connections and his thoughts are now purified because he's embodying his function as a miracle worker in the world. And when that is accomplished, the hell loop dissolves and he becomes fully present in the now. The heaven of the present moment of love. From this place of presence. He can move on to the next challenges of life knowing that he has a choice and whether or not he's going to continue to make more hell loops for himself or whether he's going to choose to create heaven by being the loving presence that we find in every new moment. So where are you in this morning in your awakened journey? Are you still stuck in your hell loop? Can you allow yourself to see the futility of your ego's plan for your life? Can you be willing to To see time as a blessing instead of a curse? What practices can you become more aware of that will assist you in your goal of using time wisely? What knowledge would you need to seek and acquire so you can embody who you truly are, that loving presence in the world? And what can you do right now to fully awaken to the love that is contained within you in this moment so you can break this loop? Here's an idea just an idea. Ask Holy Spirit to help you because the Course says Holy Spirit will undo this right now. We are God's children jubilants and as holy children we have a birthright. We have the ability to ask God to help purify our minds from fear and expect that that guidance will be given. Now I can give you tools and ideas on how to awaken But I can't do the work for you. This journey is not spiritual bypass. It really does require your participation. It requires that you examine the hell that you have allowed yourself to create and decide if you have the willingness to end it, to choose again. So the question becomes, how do you want to use your time? Do you want to allow the ego to keep creating the hell loops for you? Or would you wish for the Holy Spirit, who only knows the present, to help you purify your mind from fearful thoughts of past and future and bring you into this beautiful and clean present moment that extends forever? This is the moment where there's nothing but happiness, even if someone does have a gun pointed at you. I've told the story before about Byron Katie, where that happened to her. She was out with her husband, they were on this beautiful evening, and this guy walked up and put a gun in her stomach and said, "Give me all your money." And Byron Katie said the first moment, the first thought in her head was, "What a beautiful night this is." If it's her if she, if she said if it's my last night, it's beautiful. And she looked at the man and said, "I hope you don't do this to yourself." And he he ran away. He was expecting fear and he got love. That's what makes Byron Katie a miracle worker. And the miracle wasn't that she saved her own life. The miracle was that everybody got saved in that moment. Including the would-be robber. But Byron Katie has learned to use her time wisely so that when the present moment comes with an intention of violence, it's still beautiful. If he had pulled the trigger, she was ready, fine, okay, this is, so this is how it ends. We all got to go sometime. She was sad for her children. She said, you know, I thought about my children, but what can you do? But by being love in that moment, by realizing, even in that moment, there is joy. Everyone got saved. Time is an illusion, Einstein says. All that there is, is the present. So here's the ultimate question. Are you willing to be here now? You'll know, when you arrive in this beautiful, eternal, happy place. Because all you'll know to say is, Oh yeah.
0: Thank you for joining us for Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. If you enjoyed the program, we hope that you'll support us by leaving a good review of this podcast wherever you download your shows. We also hope you'll support us in other ways, either by becoming a subscriber to our YouTube channel and our weekly newsletter or by supporting us financially. You can find out how to do all of that by visiting our website at JubileeCircle.com. Many thanks to Audio Coffee from Pixabay for supplying our podcast music. Join us again next week. And until then, take the words of Meister Eckhart with you. If the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that will be enough. We thank you for your time and wish you the kind of week that will leave you saying, Oh yeah.